this movie deals with how easy it is to lose your way. Mm -hmm. Do you think in this complicated world it's tough to uh, stay true to your character? Losing your way, losing track when everything else is going insane around you? Oh, yeah. To find and to find and hold on to his, his sanity and his morality at the same time, yeah, it's very difficult. But do you ever lose your way? Do I lose my way? Yeah. You find, well, hardcore? No. Do I find myself going, oh, God, I could kill people? <laughs> In the back of your mind? Yeah. But that's why I'm glad that there still are some controls on things that keep people, you know, these boundaries you set for yourself. You know, when they say, let's have more handguns. No, please. <laughs> I don't want to see people in traffic who now go like this, going, <laughs> you know, it's that thing. Do I lose my way? Sometimes I may lose the direct course of saying, you know, I'll stay true to all of my beliefs. Sometimes you're going, I'll stay true, but I still have to put the kid through school. Yeah. What will you do? In terms of certain things, yeah, there's some things that I still believe. Yeah, you try and guard, privacy, all those other issues. Those are hardcore for me. And, and you become very mammalian about that, where it's like, mm -mm. I don't know how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would have been without me. And as long as I know that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be. So I'll catch you on the rebound, your magnitude. Until next week, Nanu, Nanu. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you are warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. The gang is all here. <laughs> yeah. Welcome Kat's back, back, guys. Yeah. Oh, Cat's back. Another oh. long vacation. I had a vacay too. It was two weeks. Cat oh. had two weeks off, though. You had right. one week off. Thanks, Dad. It's okay, guys. We held down the fort. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. How do you think we did? Great. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my favorite episode. Yeah. I loved that one. The one you guys did was really good. Cat, well, I, I've actually been uh, wanting to hear what you thought of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I know you watched it, and then you couldn't make that episode. Yeah. What did you think? No bummer. Um, here's the thing. Love that guy. What's his name? Michael Rooks. Michael Rooker. Thank you. The Rooks, as I like to the call Rookster. him alone in my apartment. I had high hopes for this film because I love that guy. And I was like, well, Ebert, Roger, as I like to call him, Raj, he really liked that movie. He did. And I was like, oh, perfect. Eh. He I got to say, yeah. eh. It was kind of boring. Yeah. Um, just imagine that jawline just gnawing somewhere in your body, just like that <laughs> Michael Rooker, <laughs> just like curly <laughs> hair. He's, he's aged well, too. He He's was young in that. Very well. I think he looks better He's now. He's better looking now. If I'm being if I'm yeah. being completely if I'm speaking my truth yeah. uh, to the podcast. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was I think my expectations were too high cuz I was really hoping for like Ebert. a groundbreaking horror murderer film. Yeah. But then, you know, that guy Henry William, what's his name, Kevin? Henry Lee Lucas. Thank you. Henry Lee Lucas. What a piece of shit that guy was. But then he was just like, I murdered all these uh, people. And I don't know. So, I, I thought he was a good guy. The murderer? Okay. Murderers. Murder well, we were talking, we were bonding last well, a few weeks ago about, uh, you know, buddy 
murdering. Like he's going out and just yeah, just yeah, two guys just going out murdering. Can, yeah. Listen, we've all been there. Um, we trying no. to drink less. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The movie was kind of it was kind of a dud to me, if I'm being yeah. honest. It started out kind of cool, and then it just kind of got boring, and then it was weird, and the, I don't know. I don't really have a lot to say about it, so yeah. I think it's for the best that I uh, that my dad had a heart attack. Um, and I couldn't be a part of the podcast for that week. I did like the ending. I thought that part was cool when he, he was just like, oh, yeah, I also love you, question mark. All right. Um, Thank well, you. Yeah, sure. Thanks um, for asking me. Well, I appreciate it. Speaking yeah. of Henry, we also talked about Holy Spider. You told me you didn't have a chance to get to that one. Yes. But I wanted to do some, uh, some cleanup on the facts of oh. Holy Spider. We oh. talked about wondering whether... The oral sex in Holy Spider was simulated or non-simulated. It was simulated. Oh, uh, and it's actually a really interesting story. If you if you actually if, interesting, it is. Interesting. If if you search Holy Spider blowjob simulated, you'll find a recent article. I think it was on Slash Film, and they talked to Ali Abbas, the director, and he talks about the fact that they had to smuggle a dildo into Jordan. Because you can't get a dildo in Jordan because they're not allowed. Mm. And they smuggled one in from Germany and it got confiscated at customs. And then they had to have someone else smuggle another dildo in. Uh, and they just, they put it in their Up pants. their butt. Oh. Yeah, no, okay. they, uh, no, but pants. close. Okay. Close. <laughs> so they got that one. But then when it came time to do the scene, Abbasi said that nobody wanted to play the John because of the oppressive environment. Everybody was scared was... The impression I got, what he was saying. So the director, Ali Abbasi, actually played the John himself. It's him in the uh, truck getting the simulated blowjob. Wow. That's a, such a shocking moment, like right off the bat. Yes. And it is very realistic. I don't know if you've ever seen a blowjob. <laughs> I've never seen a blowjob, no. This week, it's Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what a great segue. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're going to start with the uh, Mrs. 2000- Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah. I what's, wish. I what's wish. The thing that Mork and Mindy would used to say, like uh, he had a little. He just made noises. I don't know. No, Popeye. Like a, we get a lot of bits we could do. We yeah, could insert here. You can put a little here. sample of Mork right into in Hook. Hook. <sighs> yeah. Uh, we're going to start with the uh, 2002 Chris Nolan directed Insomnia. In Nightmew, Alaska, 17-year-old resident Kay Connell is found murdered. As a favor to the local Nightmute police chief, two Los Angeles robbery homicide police detectives, Will Dormer and Hap Eckhart, are called in to assist in the investigation. Although renowned in the police world, both Dormer and Eckhart are facing some professional issues back in Los Angeles. In Nightmute, Dormer has a major case of insomnia due to a combination of the incessant midnight sun and from a secret he is carrying. This insomnia is causing him to be delusional. Something he's not dreaming about is that the murderer has contacted him, informing him about all the murder and the fact that he knows everything going on with Dormer. They begin a symbiotic relationship in keeping secrets for each other's individual benefit. But ambitious young local detective Ellie Burr might piece the story together on her own. <laughs> take, a, take a breath. N- natural. Take a, <laughs> take a breath. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, the internet. 
And now after a commercial break, <laughs> you, almost, you know, you almost went off the rail there for a minute, and, and you, there's a couple of lines. I'm not sure what you I were know. saying, but don't worry about it. I worked in radio for a second. I like the um, melody. Degree. That's why I was there. Mm-hmm. You have a broadcast degree. I've got, I oh sorry, yes, I it's in your apartment still, <laughs> my plaque. Anyway, listen. I know that I'm used to being mad at you guys for your picks and for making me watch things that upset me. Same. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I done did it to myself this week. Oh man. I know. Big, him. big not fun for me. I have single handedly ruined my childhood memories of my beloved Robin Williams. Oh my god. I know. I thought it would be fun to watch an evil version of him, but I was very, very wrong. It's not that in this film he was even that crazily evil, like he didn't eat anyone or like bang any animals or anything, but it's just the fact that Mrs. Doubtfire would murder a poor girl because she didn't want to bang him. It's truly unbelievable to me. And by that, I don't think that he was very good at being a bad guy in this movie. It was just very weird. He's like shooting people and running around. But I'm just like waiting for him to make a joke or do a weird impression or like break into a Disney song. Then we've got Pacino, who's just like doing his Al Pacino thing. So hard. <laughs> yelling all the time. Hooah! <laughs> <laughs> Being all crazy. He doesn't yell really that he, much. Okay. A little bit. A little bit there of is that one while. moment There's when he's like, Pacino. here's the thing. There's that it's one so moment. Like Excuse me. It's my take still. I would say it was entertaining if just for these two very specific actors interacting on screen in very weird ways. It was just so odd. But other than that, I can't say that I was like super captivated. It started out strong and I was super into it and it was suspenseful and very Christopher Nolan-y. And then it was kind of like dragging in the middle, but then it came back at the end. So I'm a little conflicted on how I feel about this movie. If I'm being honest with you, if I'm speaking my truth. You should. I just don't really know how I'd to like feel about it. I'd like you to now it. lie for like five minutes. Hmm? Just lie. For she the does next that five too. <laughs> I'm having a great time in my life right now. Everything's going super smooth. But anyway, it's got twists and turns. It's got uh, cliche thriller tropes, which I think we all enjoy every once in a while. But it's also got Robin Williams in a role that I don't think he's very well suited for. If what? I'm being on, I don't. I just don't this, think this week is already. I, I can't in wait. The toilet. Because I know what Kevin's going to say. From the perspective of someone who was born in the 90s, I couldn't get my brain to separate the character from the actor, which is weird uh, because that's usually reserved for like shitty people. Where it's like separate the art from the artist. Wait, 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 Woody Allen. Um, but I assume that you guys will have different takes from this performance. And I can't wait to hear what they are. Kevin. I love this one. Oh, there it, it is. thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, you told me you didn't like it. Yeah, I was just fucking with you. Told you, oh. save it for the pod. Oh, save it for the pod. I thought you lost your mind. I was like, what is he talking about? I hadn't seen this since it first came out, for sure, 100%. And I I did not like this movie. When you picked it, I mm. was like, fuck, that movie oh. sucked. Yeah. Here's why. This is what Nolan did right after Memento. I know. So I was I like, this is going to rule. And it's Williams and it's Pacino. I know. Like, the yep. chain. Cannot miss. Yeah. Same. And I Same. thought this movie was super boring. Yeah. And I did not like it. And I never revisited it. So I'm super pumped that you picked it. And I had to revisit Insomnia. This is great. This is one of Nolan's like lost gems. I mean, Nolan is like... 
obviously Save he is a claps. household Stones name. Clap. He's up there with like Spielberg and Cameron and like legends now. But no one really talks about Insomnia. And and maybe it's because this is one of the few films that Nolan didn't really write and kind of conceive the, on his the own. The only one, yeah. But it's not what you think at all. Like, I just assumed, all right, it's going to be Pacino doing Pacino, which I disagree. I think we get a pretty chill Al Pacino. Yeah. You think Chino's chill in this? We do. I do. You get a chill chin? On the chill. I'd like the... to order a chill Pacino, please. <laughs> <laughs> foam? Foam? <laughs> Um, and Williams isn't, you know, he's not like super creepy in this. In comparison, I think he fucking crushes the next movie we're going to talk about on the creep scale. But this is not a horror movie. It's barely a thriller. This is like just a descent into madness by somebody who shows up seemingly sane. Mm. And it's more of like a study of like what happens <clears throat> when you're hiding so many skeletons in your closet and you end up in a situation that's just completely untenable, and you're one, you're in an environment that you're not used to, and two, you come up against somebody like a Robin Williams. Those are all just symptoms that pull Pacino into madness and pull all of his skeletons out of the closet. It's fantastic. I forgot about the aspect of what Pacino does when he first gets me, there me too. and how that yeah, becomes yeah. basically the movie. Yep, I forgot. Um, I forgot how many other great people were in this. It's a young Hilary Swank. I mean, mm -hmm. Martin Donovan's fantastic. Maura Tierney, who has been in a ton of stuff, but like, you know, Primal Fear. We got to get that on the pod. We got to get Primal Fear going now that we're in this like thriller uh, realm. And also, like, this gave me Scorsese vibes for some reason. Sure. Yeah, um, I can see that. It's the chain. You know, Nolan doing, you know, yeah, it could be the setting as well, like like Shutter Island and, and just some of, like, yeah. the, the Scorsese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's not scary. Um, no. there, it's is a, a, there is a killer in it um, who doesn't really do any killing uh, on screen. And then Catherine Isabel shows up. Uh, randomly shows she's been in like more movies than like anyone we've talked about on the show potentially it's totally worth the watch it's not ever going to fall into horror um but it's, it does it is evil i mean it's a dark thriller but really this is a movie about what happens when you pack too much shit in and you're out there functioning in the real world just every day you're adding you know you're adding to the till and right. then one day you gotta pay you gotta pay up so uh <laughs> i loved this sorry trent sorry to uh Fake you out, that was but, good. Uh, no, that was good. This I've... was this was a fucking happy, happily uh, revisited movie twenty plus years after I first saw it. That was a twist upon a twist of a take. <laughs> um, I love insomnia. Woo. Uh, both the verb, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> no, insomniating. No, uh, the uh, the noun insomnia, uh, and I, I also love this movie. Um, but when, by the time I saw this, I was comfortable with like Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler and Robin Williams doing dark roles. That was like a thing. The beginning of the 2000s has started and everyone was psyched to have the juxtaposition of one of these stand-up comedians uh, doing a very dark role. Um, I have a, I, a new kink, I realize. I, every week I have some sort of... It is like a <laughs> sexual uh, coming of age for me uh, on this podcast. But I have a kink that I just realized I had. I've had it for a long time. Oh, okay. And what it is, is watching... A-list actors past their physical prime chasing each other. <laughs> <laughs> like in heat. 
uh, Pacino and De Niro. The, the oh, I like, like they're in heat. They're like, uh, <laughs> no, they're not in heat like cats in the movie Heat. There's a chase scene. Uh, and this, there's a great one across these like logs, which I, I thought the uh, whole under the logs yeah. trying to get up was very yeah. suspenseful was and kind of that was kind of yeah. scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Robin Williams uh, is is so good in this. He plays like the everyman kind of like went too far. He doesn't. He neither role this week. They don't take him to that place where he's fucking babies and killing kittens or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wish that mm-hmm. maybe he had gone there for one of these roles. I could have used some yeah. some of that. Kill yeah. a golden retriever. Like, I don't know. Why not? Yeah. I love the plot twists and turns in this. Uh, usually in horror, we get a big twist at the end. and We're all waiting for the twist at the end. This one, I feel like, thickens the sauce as it goes through the movie and different things transpire and change the dynamic of all the characters. I, I thought the character development in this was great. Uh, you felt for everybody. Pacino's uh, best line, uh, I think, is, you're about as mysterious to me as a block toilet is to a fucking plumber. <laughs> like, I was Whoa. just like, wow, <laughs> bars. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love this movie. I didn't remember liking it this much uh, when I saw it before. Nope. Christopher Nolan... And early on, and I wasn't even that much of a fan of his later stuff, but I do like Memento, and I do like this, but I do think off the hype and excitement of how fresh Memento was, this did fall a little bit flat. I think even to me as a viewer, it did, um, but it's still a very good movie in the grand scheme of his entire canon. Yeah, I had the same experience as you, Kevin. I had seen Memento, blown away by that. That was 2000 two years before this. And then after I watched that, I watched Nolan's first movie called Following, which is only about 70 minutes. That's on Tubi right now. If you've never seen Following, you need to see that. Uh, And Memento is on Max right now. So yeah, I was like, that was the breakout thing. And it it was so different that I went into this so excited. I remember I only saw it the one time and I was let down. This isn't quite what you're expecting. And I think one of the interesting things about this movie is that you know, he made following for, Nolan made following for $6,000, total hardcore, low budget. And then uh, Memento was like 9 million budget, was a, was a, you know, indie darling hit. And then all of a sudden, he's doing a movie with Pacino and Robin Williams. He's got a budget up to, um, I don't remember, like, what's the budget on this? 46. $46 million, right. So here's for this like locks? indie- what? What did they use it on the logs? Well, the probably cast? Pacino, Pacino and Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this guy's going from scratching out these indie hits just two, and then bang, he's on top of the world here. The pressure must have been unbelievable for this. Uh, that that much money. But yeah, I was like, yeah, not my thing. Now watching it, man, I love, love, love this movie. And I watched the original, which I don't think I had ever seen. The original Insomnia, the Norwegian movie on Criterion right now. Well worth a watch. I watched that first. It was really interesting going from that and then I watched this. It's very exaggerated compared to the original. It's funny to see like everything is on 11. There's no subtlety really in this. I mean, there is, but just contrasted to an older Norwegian movie, 
this really just hits you over the head with every single thing when you watch them back to back. I liked that. Um, it Is it because does... Americans are stupid? Is that no, why? No. So they have to exaggerate everything. No, this, this no, is no. It's a it's a it's this intentional. Is, this it, is like... just this is mainstream. Uh, this was I think supposed to be a blockbuster. I, I, it was successful. I don't think it was that successful. It made its money back and then a little bit more. It wasn't a huge blockbuster, which I would think would have been the expectation. Um, and they do soften Bacino's character in this. The guy in the original movie is a little bit different. But I really liked where this went with questioning motivations, and he's questioning his own motivations. I thought that was really striking where at at certain point he's saying, I don't know anymore. I mean, he literally says, I don't know if I did it on purpose, if I didn't. That was really cool. I could watch Al Pacino and Robin Williams all day, head to head. I thought Robin Williams was amazing in this. I could just watch them go back and forth every night. I don't care what the story is. My favorite Pacino line was Walter Finch, lousy writer, lonely freak, murderer. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> ah, man. Give me that all day. Great pit cap. Sorry I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm also sorry I didn't like it. I just think that the reason that I didn't really love it as much as you guys is that I grew up watching, you know, he was my Peter Pan. He was my right. genie in the lamp. He was my right. Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. And so to see him in these roles, which I was very excited about seeing because I'm so engulfed in horror films at this point in my life. I was just super ready for it and I was super jazzed and I kind of figured I'd come in being like, this is the greatest week ever. And you guys would be like, fuck you, cat. And now the tables have kind of turned. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the same. I grew up on all those movies. Yeah. Me I too. Love Robin. I Me too. Of, you know. I grew up on comic relief. Yeah. I'll go back further. I mean, what is that? I don't even know what that me, is. That made me like this more. It yeah. made me like even forget that it was Robin Williams. More nanu, so in one hour photo. Nanu, than... nanu, nanu. That's the thing I was no, thinking about. Oh, there it is. Mark. <laughs> I mean, these are pretty, I don't want to say chill, but they're slow and, they are. and atmospheric. They are. They you know, take there's nothing time. glitzy about any nope. of these. Well, it's funny because, you know, I feel like it's the opposite of what you would expect a horror movie to be like. So it's like, you know, 30 Days of Night. It's like Alaska, right. the only night. Yes. This was originally supposed to be directed by Jonathan Demme. It was going to star Harrison Ford, which I didn't know. Mm. But the funny thing is, when I was watching it, I kept feeling like, because I had just watched the, the Euro thriller, I kept feeling like, this is more like The Fugitive or something. You know, was Harrison that. Ford supposed well, to be Cheen? Yeah, he was supposed oh. to be Donner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, A-list past their prime. Guys running around. We got Indiana Jones this week. I'm pretty psyched. He's like 80. Watching Robin Williams, what he does with his arms when he's running is one scene. Where, like it's like it's like he's seen people running before, but he's never he's never actually run himself. He doesn't really need like to he's run. Running. He's not yeah. actually running. Well, the character probably doesn't do a lot of running. He's an author. He's a true crime author. Uh, he plays Walter Finch. Well, he's like a lousy writer, sexy true crime. He makes lonely up freak. stories. Yeah, yeah. Lonely so freak. His, it would make sense with his character. Probably doesn't do a lot of running. Yeah. The lousy writer uh, diss I really like because I watched <laughs> right before this. I watched Infinity Pool, uh, and there's that part ooh. where she's giving him a, the re a bad review of his book oh, yeah. while <laughs> she's like he's walking in front of the car and she's <laughs> screaming it at him. Like I would love that sort of criticism. I feel like it would help me. One thing that was interesting is the the scene where Dormer, who is Pacino, he takes the victim's best friend out 
for a ride to do some questioning, sort of off the clock. He doesn't tell anyone that he's doing this, but Ginger snaps. The, the victim is a teenage yes. girl. And so he takes her best friend out, another teenage girl, and she starts getting like all seductive with him. And he pulls this very like Pacino thing where he starts yelling, swerves the car, takes her to the dump. This yeah, is where your friend was married. You know, all this. <laughs> but in the original the it's it's him it's it's uh the detective who goes like right for her leg and like he's making sexual moves on her that's one of the things that was kind of softened is in the original it it's more like this guy's really snowballing where i felt like in this one it's not so much that he's snowballing but it's just that he he just too many he's lost his way and he says that at the end i thought one of the most powerful lines was when he says to hillary swank don't lose your way because I think that ultimately, definitely no question in my mind, what he did was an accident, but he had already lost his way so many times before that. And that's a key part of the story is that he's under investigation in LA. That's why they've sent him up here above the Arctic Circle. And so I don't think he did anything wrong here, but when you've already done so many other things that were wrong and you've justified them in your mind and now you make a mistake, and now you can't just say it was a mistake because, you know, really good. What blew my mind about this is it was rated R. Really huh, bizarre movie that. Yeah, to why? be rated R. Huh. What it's because of that kinky stuff with the old man running. <laughs> A-list, <laughs> A-list old man running. That's a thing. Well, but... Nolan's got the new one coming out uh, very soon, a couple weeks. I'll bite. Who is Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. <laughs> also I'm going to see R. the Barbie movie. I really liked how Dormer is presented as the most expert, most knowing, most controlling detective. That's his whole thing. He shows up at this small town and he's telling all the local cops how to do their thing. And what happens is he just loses progressively more control over the whole thing. So now this guy who's like the ultimate controller is just spinning his wheels, getting deeper and deeper in the mud of what he can't control. Things are going just off the rail at every turn. It's a good it's a good part of his character development and the rest of the cast, major and minor, they're still relying on him to be the guy. Yes. And they don't quite pick but up. But they're on they're kinda of, but they're doubting the him. Viewer, too. You're watching because you get those the scenes with him trying to cover up the windows and right. you're with him the whole way. But like right. these people that are just seeing him on a daily basis, they're still each day trying to rely on him as like the top dog. Right. And he's fucking but quickly then, going off the rails. Yeah, but then they start kind of doubting him too. Like, what well, is this Swank, guy this big Hillary shot guy? Swank is the first one that starts to be a little bit like, hmm. Yeah, and even the, I thought even the um, the other detective is starting to question him. Like, this guy's supposed to be some kind of hot shot, and he's very inconsistent with how he wants to do things. So I, I and I think a stressful part for me is that I thought the whole time he was the top dog. So I was like, he's got the upper hand on Robin Williams. But then you're like, wait. Well, he's just doing this to get the upper hand, but then like Robin Williams is like, just kidding, I was recording it. And then he's like, I'm like, does he know that he was recording? Like, I just, oh. I didn't know that um, George Clooney and Steven Soderbergh are producers yes, on this. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense because, I, was... uh, no, I don't, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Beats by goddamn Chan.
next on Speedball (laughs) Evil. (laughs) My next pick this week is One Hour Photo. Cy Parrish is a photo technician at a one-hour photo in big box store Save Mart. He lives alone, has no friends or love life, and lives only for his work, which he considers a vital service. His favorite customers are the Yorkin family, whose photos he has developed for many years. Over the years, he has grown obsessed with the family, enshrining them in his home with their photos that he secretly copies. He's seen their family grow through photographs, but when he sees evidence of the father Will being unfaithful, coupled with a threat to his position, his already precarious mental state tips over the edge. <laughs> I went into this movie thinking that it would be like so creepy and fucked up and oh my god, I can't believe it. Robin Williams playing a crazy stalker guy. What's he going to do next? Oh my god. But instead, I was met with just some light stalking. I would say. Uh, Not saying that a man who stalks a family for a decade isn't creepy and fucked up, but there's really no murder or violence. It's just a sad, lonely guy who was apparently abused as a child, uh, trying to be a part of this pretty normal and honestly overly nice to him family. The only part where I gasped and was like, oh shit, I can't believe it, it's about to go down was just a scenario that he played out in his head, which was kind of a bummer. Like, I was so ready for that family to find him pooping on their toilet. (laughs) Just, like, sitting there. And I was was like, (gasps) and then they're like, oh, I thought you were going out. And I'm like, oh, you got me. You done did it. You got me this time, Robin. I thought I was going to be here to apologize that I let you all down with, like, real horror this week. And I was ready to take the L. But apparently I'm the only one that feels (laughs) L'd. This week, <laughs> uh, I feel old. It's a, it's. I think it's a, a, an interesting character study, though. This film, I wouldn't say it's horror. I think it's just like an interesting story about this weird, creepy dude. You see this guy evolve from like stalking from a safe and unsuspecting distance to him more and more trying to attain a relationship with these people um, that he seems to idolize because of the family life that they have that he apparently didn't have. It's slow. Um, I did not dislike this movie, uh, but it was just kind of a a drag. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't say there's much payoff for me at the end. I was hoping for like some kind of huge bang to happen, Hmm. um, but it just kind of ended up like a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The ending, it was kind of interesting. Definitely had a very cringy climax. Very hard to watch that hotel room scene when he's trying to show, you know, Will, the father, up. Right. And like, what right. he's done wrong. And let me take photos yeah. of you and all your wrongdoings. It was yeah. just very hard to watch. Um, but it was a great performance at the end, I would say, for him and the guy from ER. Love that guy from Eric ER. LaSalle. Thank you. LaSalle. Or um, Huh? Arik LaSalle, maybe. Arik, yeah. sure. Yeah, I love him anyway. But he was super good in it, and then like their little end was was very interesting. I believed this character more than the one in Insomnia from him. I believe him more as a sad, lonely man, I think, over a weird murderer, psycho murderer. Anyway, here's hoping uh, for for more blood next week, guys. Thank I you. Lo- I loved it. We don't 
we do dark thrillers. That has long been established. We have yeah. covered many, many dark thrillers on the show. Don't need to apologize. We put dark thrillers as horror adjacent, and we enjoy them. I do anyway. I loved this movie. Mm. Um, you know, I had seen it the one time when it came out, 2002, same year somehow as Insomnia. <laughs> I don't, how does that work? Um, and I remembered it being really good, but I started watching this, and I was turned off. Initially, I thought it looked dated. I thought some of the supporting cast, pretty cringy in the early going. There's some rough sledding. The husband, I thought, in particular, uh, I don't know where he went from here, but I wasn't too impressed. But it started to win me over. And then I watched it again. By the end, I was loving it. And then I watched it again. I think this is a brilliant movie. And it, I think it plays harder now than it did in 2002. Every theme to me in this movie is even more relevant now in the social media age because this is sort of, I mean, this is the the, the end of physical media. This is the dawn of everything being digital. And there's even a conversation at one point where the wife of the family that he loves processing their film, she says something about, oh, I, my husband wants me to, to get a, a digital camera or something. And he says, don't go digital. I'll lose my job. Mm-hmm. You know, And he gives all these speeches about these kind of voiceovers about uh, nobody ever takes a picture of the bad times. If you just look at people's pictures, you'd think that they are having a wonderful life. And it just all that made me think so much of social media and how true that is about Instagram and Facebook and all this. You know, you have this. It's, it's like your family photo album online. But now the family photo album guy is out of a job. And, you know, the times have changed. I, I thought I was thinking, like, this is Cape Fear if Max Caddy was physical media coming back, your old family photo albums are coming for your posts. They might show a few different things. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I just, I think it's all the stuff that this movie is about to me is more relevant now than it even was at the time. I thought, I mean, I liked Robin Williams, I think a little bit more in insomnia, but he's amazing in this. He's never not been amazing. I mean, I can't think of a, I mean, what's a, what's a bad Williams performance? I don't think, I don't think there is one. Uh, and this is on Hulu right now. So thank you. This was a, a great revisit. Hmm. I watched this a couple days ago, and I had seen it before. But I have on my notes, and, and I looked at my notes, and I was like, oh, this must be from something else. Because my first note was, I'm going to have to go ahead and have you work this weekend. And oh, I was my like, God. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And then... Uh, as you turned it on, I saw the boss was the guy from Office Space. Yes. Yeah. How is that? Yeah. How, okay. I, I'm sorry. You brought it up. I was going to bring it up. How is the boss from Office Space not only in this, but also the boss from Office Space? Yeah. In this? Same. Yeah. He's the same guy. So I started this once, fell asleep, psyched. I was like, this is a cool premise. I like these washed out colors and everything when they show Robin Williams. Uh, with his outfit on, matching the wall and shit. And I thought it aesthetically looked really cool, uh, but I didn't see enough of it to really get into it. And I watched it the next night with Caitlin, and I was all psyched to watch it. It's like, oh, I have to watch Insomnia, but I started this other one, and I think you like this one better. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> uh, maybe Someone's it was, taking the L with you on this one. Maybe Yay. it's that thing where you're telling someone, you know, oh, check out this movie. And then... It makes a fool of you. Mm. Um, Destroy my life. I, I thought Robin Williams, 
himself was great in this movie. I think that he's a great actor. Uh, I think Christopher Nolan really missed out on the last movie. He should have done Batman and Robin Williams <sighs> instead of Batman and Robin. Good one. Um, Cricket drop. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Cricket drop. Um, but did you have to say? I got mind. noticed. I got noticed. I, I got noticed. I noticed when I was watching this that there were so many scenes that were just Robin Williams, like the filming of his parts were all done in one day and none of the other actors were there. There's even moments where there are conversations where the camera's switching back and forth to these expressions that don't really match what's going on. Like they film them differently and the people are just acting to like a dummy actor or something that's doing a stand-in for Robin Williams or someone else or yeah, he's just talking yeah, to the director. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can pick that up sometimes. Yeah, and it was a little bit, uh, what did I say before, L.A., uh, PD, uh, what's that? Law order. order, procedural. Yeah, procedural kind of thing. But I do love films where uh, they show you like behind the curtain of like a mundane occupation, and especially when there's someone who finds like a special artistry in that. Yes. Um, and it's a very eccentric, weird thing. Usually in like movies of this this kind, you see that a lot. I thought the main protagonists. Uh, had absolutely no chemistry with anybody. No, the, those two were so bad. Bad. Dom Cruz <laughs> is what I was calling Dom him. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was absolutely horrible. But you know, I think what happened again with this movie is the premise of the movie and the idea behind the movie and some of the narration and the the poetic parts of this movie. I it made me want more from it. And at yeah. the end, it just kind of seemed a little slapped together. Uh, for me, it seemed kind of like a, a Hulu B-list movie. Oh, my God. Jeez. It was a little below Robin Williams' caliber. And I wow. think everyone everyone else in the movie, to me, was below his caliber. And it was kind of a decline for me. Well, I mean, I agree and disagree with everybody. I think this one, Robin Williams makes this movie watchable. He crushes it. Yeah. But, you know, this is Mark Romanek is the writer-director. To your point, Dave, this guy did like music videos. Yes, straight up. This is his big feature ones. film, huge ones. Yeah, um, which ones? Like Nine Inch Nails, Closer. A uh, Johnny Cash, Hurt. What? Yeah, the Nine Inch Nails cover. Uh, <laughs> he a, likes a Nine lot Inch of Nails. Shake It Off, Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, he's still wow. going. He's still Beyond- going with, with wow. music. Um, Beyonce. He did one of the videos from Lemonade. Yeah, he's oh, wow. he's he's all set. Yeah. But yeah. that kind of like Sorry. when you said, but that like, makes sense. Some of the odd. Yeah. Um, you know, the shots being a little bit odd and stuff. I think it probably comes from how prominent he is. You, you film a music right. video much different than you do a feature film. Right. Could have been a short film. This could have mm. been like 28 minutes of perfection. But Robin Williams does let you carry it out to like the 80-something minutes uh, or whatever. It's, about, it's almost an hour 40. The, the weird thing is, is I could talk about this movie for hours. It's so worth talking about how many things are in the movie. It's it's you can have better conversation than the movie was made. Um, and I'm not <laughs> dissing Mark Romanek. It's a cool concept. He obviously had something there to get Williams involved. Uh, and you know, uh, another interesting thing is you have Williams, legendary comedian. You totally forget he's a comedian. If you want to talk about the caliber of actors, then you have the guy from Office Space who will forever be the guy from Office Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, could not pull off another role after that to save his fucking life. And maybe I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. Trent, to your point, the whole 
social media aspect and Dave, your point of finding somebody in this mundane job, it got me thinking about like, like the generational thing, not just social media, but also like, you know, is it a thing of past generations where you have these people? Part of what's sad about this is he loves his job. His job is his existence. Right. And I think nowadays, like we look at, you can see all over social media, there's all these huge accounts of influencers that are just making fun of like the boomers, for instance. And is that like a thing of generations past where like they cared that much about being a mail carrier, being the one hour photo developer? Is that something that's lost? And I guess I'm looking at you, Kat, Hi. <laughs> as, as the, young, the youngest of the mm-hmm. cast. But that was one of not just Robin Williams' performance as everything that you mentioned, Kat, how fucked up he is in this weird obsession, but also he cares that much about the, his position as a developer of disposable cameras. <laughs> Um, that that too made me sad, but it also got me thinking like, is that a thing of the past? Like, I don't see too many people like your age, for instance, Kat, that are like, I I am so fucking into like what I'm doing right now. I'm very young and very hot and cool. I think he's, he saw him, (laughs) he sees himself as, he sees himself as part of a, of an art form. And he's one of my favorite scenes is when he gets so mad at the repair guy at the photo development machine repair guy, because the color grade is off by Point three, or whatever, and I have never. I didn't know what cyan was on on Instagram. The cyan filter. Oh yeah. I didn't really know what that meant until I watched this movie, and he's like, point three grade to cyan. That's (laughs) bullshit. And he's so mad. Makes it too cool. You know. Cyan. I was like, wait a minute, cyan. I know what that means. It's like the bluer (laughs) tint. Um. So, I think I have a little bit of insight on this one, not from being a young hot cool uh super young person but I'm glad you brought that back up because i was i wanted to bring that up too yeah I'm not a, not at all hot and young no um <laughs> <laughs> so when we get to the end spoiler alert when we get to the end you kind of find out that robin williams's character was abused as a child in the fact that his father took pictures of him in a child porn kind of a way so i think Get it closer to his mic if you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he has used this trauma of being photographed in child pornography as a child as his new profession and his new focus. So now this is his main focus that, in life. Yes. And this is exactly why he's so preoccupied. Yes. And so intent on making sure that his profession is perfect. And not only not only that, but that's why he loves the wholesome family pictures. Exactly. He's obsessed with the idea yeah. of this life that he didn't have. Yeah. His life was captured on camera. And it was a, nothing like yeah. the Yorkin family. Terrible That's way. why he loves them so much. And he just wanted to be their uncle. Yeah. That's what I thought was one of the cool things about this movie. And one of the subversions that I remembered from la- from the first time I saw it, I just, I remembered being surprised at the end because this movie subverts your expectations in a way that honestly, I'm not, I don't want to spoil everything that happens, but Sai is not a bad guy. No. Sai is not. He's not trying to bang the wife. He's it's not Cape he just, Fear. He's not Max Caddy no. at all. He's not Taxi Driver. He's not the guy from um uh The Gift, that movie that we saw, you know, all yeah, those yeah. crazy guy stalking you movies. Yeah. This does all those things. But Cy Parrish, great name, Cy Parrish, hmm. he's not that guy. 
He just wants to be a part of a family that yes. is wholesome that yes. he missed out the, on. The part where the son has a lot of empathy for Sai and he's like saying he's he's sad about sad people. Yeah. And all this stuff. That was kind of a cheesy scene, I thought, but that's <laughs> me when I watch the movies. I thought there was a lot of stuff that was cheesy and I thought the whole story that you were just talking about, Kat, was kind of jammed in there. I thought like it a was, lot of this stuff yeah. was very they patchworky. Snuck it in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. They did for for as many like the shots you were talking about, Dave, where you have all these like long shots of Robin Williams and um you know, really no dialogue and some inner thoughts and stuff. You ca- probably could have snuck some of that in there until you just kind of crammed it in a little bit at the end. Um, Would have made it a little bit more. But I mean, I guess I understand what the director was going for is he wants to keep, um, he wants to keep you guessing, you know, mm-hmm. what what's the motivation behind this guy? How far will he go? I think that's the big kind of suspense element of this movie is, is you're watching to see how far Robin Williams how how far Psy will actually go. To my point, there was a whole chase scene just then where you saw people running in one shot and then you saw Robin Williams running in another shot. You never see them running close enough <laughs> so they're both in the, the shot together. It's just him running from something. I, I think it's I kind get, of music video. like I got caught up on that, I feel yeah. like, when I watched yeah. it. You remember the um, the video Criminal by Fiona Apple? Yes. It was, yes. Kind, of, it was kind of controversial. That's this it's guy. not controversial for me. <laughs> You know, speaking of like that era, and there's a procedural look to this, but then there's also this, these like what now look like iPhone zooms and uh, effects, and I don't know it, the way that it looks sometimes. Some of the zooms, yeah, that they do, like when she's in the food court and it like zooms into her, like it's dated. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it's all stuff that like now. They're very cheap effects. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There, there is some dated stuff in this. Um, I, I loved to one of his voiceovers relating to you only take pictures of the happiest moments of your life. He talks about how nobody takes pictures of the clerk at the gas station or the dirty band aid. The dirty band aid, yeah. right? That. The moments that actually make up 99% of your life, what your life actually is, is never captured on camera. Not only is it not posted, you never take a picture of it. So, you know, if you just look at these photo albums, just like looking at someone's Instagram page, that's like this, that's 1% of their life. The rest of it is all this other stuff. And that, that's kind of like what he was more interested in. And he kind of, he's kind of like an avenging, he, he's going through your account and he's blowing you up. He is blowing you up. This is bullshit. You're posting all this happy crap every day. And you know, it's like Monday morning, you go on Facebook, and the people who did the worst shit over the weekend have the happiest fucking family posts you've ever seen. <laughs> when you see those Monday morning posts, you know they did some bad stuff over the weekend, and they're putting this stuff out there on Facebook now, too. Yeah. I think the dirty Band-Aids are coming out more now. Like I think I have a few in my photo roll right now. Uh, but when you had to go and develop your film, at the yeah, pharmacy, now we're getting, now we're you weren't going to take a picture of a dirty Band-Aid, <laughs> but now you might. Yeah, that, that was a great a great sequence where Cy goes through all the regulars who come in and what they take pictures of. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, here's the amateur porn artist. Most of our customers are new parents. They take too many pictures. Uh, you know, here's this guy. Here's that guy. Do you remember 
having to actually take your photos to a place like this and have them developed. Yeah, of course. And yeah. everybody no. in the world can see all of That's your right. pictures. Yeah. I think my mom did that for me, probably. <laughs> but it was Because I'm so young and, and like, I mean, that used to be the thing. Like, did you ever get photos back and like someone else's shit was mixed in there? Probably, yeah. I oh. think that's I mean, happened to me. Definitely happened. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was always the thing, like dispo- cl- moving apartments and finding like eight disposable cameras, and yes. you're like, I have What's no idea them? what could be on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do I dare <laughs> drop it off at Rite Aid and have it developed? Like that was some of that was some interesting <laughs> shit. Oh yeah, that was funny when when uh, after Sias left and the other. Um, film developer guy goes into the boss hey I think you should look at these pictures that came in and he goes oh is it the anal sex fiend again yeah (laughs) (laughs) nope I do have some hot facts oh coming at you live from this white chair while we're talking about uh, music videos and whatnot, who guess who was slated to do the soundtrack Trent Reznor that's right and then the uh, I don't know the company was like no we need like someone who's more well known i would and love so, to have heard what trent Reznor was gonna do well you can it's on a nine inch nails ep yeah oh he right. moved it he's like well guess i'm not doing one hour photo anymore gonna be a different album so i just think i didn't know that he was a uh, music video director it all makes sense now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i liked him um, robin williams is wearing uh Velcro shoes in this. Did you guys notice? I did not. <laughs> I think this was probably an early Velcro shoe. He couldn't be bothered with the time. He has like Lazes. orange hair and like pink skin. Like that's, and every background is like this grayish thing. He's just beige. It's just a beige film. Yeah. It, it does. He's a beige look guy. Like color wise and the, uh, some of the shots, some of them look cheap, but there are like artistic shots in it. A lot of the names in this are names of famous photographers. Did you pick that up? Um, I that, didn't pick it up. IMDb told me. Woo. Kevin, this is a this is a theater, okay? <laughs> oh wait, sorry. <laughs> but it, that reminded me. It reminded me of um, one thing we didn't mention when we talked about House of Wax. A lot of the names in House of Wax are famous horror people. Just like what what was the movie? Um, the Night of the Creeps that had everybody's yeah. name was yeah, it's kind so of, this yeah, yeah. Go down this does Carpenter. that yeah the Cronenberg yeah yeah at least <laughs> Lisa Cronenberg <laughs> that still bothers me that that was <laughs> nobody else has that last name but can you guys tie both movies this week together you can and Kevin. keep it in the horror genre boop, boop, boop. Uh, I think oh. I can oh. can you yeah I think it's the femme fatale. Do oh, it. I was going to say Robin Williams. No. <laughs> Good guess. And keep it in the horror genre. So the wife in this, in one hour That's photo, played by Connie Nielsen and Al Pacino from Insomnia are in one of the best, worst horror movies of the 90s. Devil's Advocate? The Devil's Advocate. That's a horror movie? I thought that was one of your favorite movies. I love that. I, 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 I'm go- One of my favorite most watched oh. movies. And so, so the reason I say we had Chil Pacino as Insomnia is Compared watch The Devil's that. Advocate. Yes. He got his paycheck, went, spent all of it on Coke, and showed up on set and was like, <laughs> fucking roll. I was thinking about that the whole time. I was thinking about that scene where it, from The Devil's Advocate where he's yelling, Pacino's yelling at Keanu Reeves, and he's like, all of it, Kevin. Yeah. All, wouldn't you say that the 20th century is mine? <laughs> all of it, Kevin. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't real. wait, I'm sorry. Let's take a 
beat for a second. Is that a horror movie? I thought that was just a, a lawyer movie. No, no, no it's horror horror he's the devil. That's more of like a horror movie than either. Flames of and shit. At what? The end. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> oh my he's god. Satan. A Pacino is Satan. Yeah. What? Spoiler alert. Yeah, I don't think is, it's called Devil's is. Advocate. Well, yeah. I thought he was just like a cool lawyer with no, like Hank Azaria showing up. He's like yelling it. about buttholes or it's whatever. Great. No. Charlize Theron. Yeah. Connie it's, Nielsen. It's a good one. We'll get to it. It's a great one. Yeah, we'll get to it. I was, I'm you know, I, it. I wanted it's not, to... It's not good. No. Oh, it's great. It. It's not good. Oh, you're it's doing a, that thing where you, It's a bad movie. No, Is Kevin, it? you're doing that thing where you disparage your own guilty pleasure and you shouldn't feel guilty about loving Devil's Advocate. We, we should one. do a week that's like Thank Devil's... makes me feel so much better. <laughs> Devil's Advocate and like End of Days or something. I could do a week like that. I, I did want to mention... Oh, uh, God, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a week where everybody has to do the accent. I wanted to mention about Pacino as much as I love him. I feel like there was a, a point in his career, and it was the same thing with De Niro, and I, I think it was Scent of a Woman is the jumping off point, where he just starts doing Pacino, and every movie is Pacino doing Pacino. He becomes kind of a caricature, and it's a little bit distracting to me when instead of watching a movie and I'm suspending my disbelief, I'm just watching Pacino, and I'm like, God, I love Pacino. This is so good. And it's the best problem you could ever have, but I think it is a little distracting because it comes, a, uh, it becomes a little bit more of a of an appreciation clinic, an actor's clinic. Man, he's so good, but he's kind of doing a caricature of himself. Like, De Niro uh, analyzed this. That's when De Niro, I think, stopped. He, he just started doing all these movies where he's, like, you know, he's... I, it's it's more like visual almost. I can't really do it, but the squint, the squinting, and the it, do it, yeah, yeah. do it right like now. Post do it. Blood sugar sex I magic. Anthony it. Kiedis. He's just doing a parody of himself. Exactly. On every subsequent Chili Peppers album. Exactly. All and right. it's it's a great caricature. I got one more fact, and it's theater. Yes. You keep bringing up Cape Fear, Trent. Yeah. What Simpsons episode is Cy watching in one hour photo? I was wondering. Ooh, I didn't catch it. Was it. The it was Sideshow oh. Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good facts. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He's like, he's like, who would wow. want to kill me? And it's Sideshow Bob. Robin Williams actually trained in a photo lab for two days before making this movie. So he actually really knew the technical why, process. Why would you need to do you're, that? You're getting into character. You, if you really want to in, inhabit this character, we talked about how good he is and how believable it is. Then, you know, you want to, you want to know the drill. I guess, yeah. Like if I was going to play you, I'd do, you know, full moon bath bombs. Yeah. Cool. What else? Stoned in the morning. Okay. Yep. Well, what else? (laughs) Cry a lot. Yep. Yep. There it is. Thank you. (laughs) I do. Do all those things. Next week. Real present. We're going to go 2023. Newly streaming on Max. We're going to do Evil Dead Rise. And actually on Max right now, every Evil Dead movie. Oh, nice. Streaming on the platform, and then we're going to keep it very present, but yet another old franchise. We're going to go with Scream 6, which is also streaming right now on Paramount+. Plus. 